and welcome back to another edition of Sideline Sessions with Wesley Sykes. I am, of course, uh, Wesley Sykes, a managing editor of Coach and Athletic Director, Training and Conditioning, and Winning Hoops Brands for Great American Media Services. And you can listen to all of our previous episodes anywhere you can access podcasts, as well as any of our websites. That's CoachAD.com, Training-Conditioning.com, and WinningHoops.com. And be sure to follow all of our brands on Twitter. That's at coach underscore AD, at train condition, at winning hoops, and myself, as always, at Wesley Sykes underscore. Uh, and today we welcome to the program Jen Brooks, athletic director of Ursuline Academy in St. Louis and founder of the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. So thanks very much for uh, taking the time to join us today, Jen. And, and how are you? Hi there. Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty well. All right. Fantastic. So first, tell us a little bit about the global community of women in high school sports and then what was kind of the inspiration behind all of this? Sure. So I've been a high school athletic director for 26 years now. Mm -hmm. And um, often I felt um, like I was the only woman. I was, in fact, the only woman in the room. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very um, lonesome. So I reached out to a few organizations, asked if they could create space for us in the organization, us being women, and mm -hmm. they said no. Um, and so um, that's okay. I do what I always do, and I just I have a, I get a solution. And so my solution sure. was I'm going to create the global community of women in high school sports. So I created this as a space for women in sports. We have men in the community though, because mm -hmm. men are an important piece to the puzzle. They're important allies for us. Mm -hmm. um, we're open to high school athletic directors, high school coaches those aspiring to be athletic directors, coaches. And we have other people who are just like, hey, this is a pretty cool organization. We want to be a part of it. Now, so that's pretty, so I know 26 years and you said kind of starting out, you know, you were the only woman, you know, how have you kind of seen that grown to to now to 2022 over over the time? Is that, has that kind of been incremental or or uh, slow and steady or, or kind of a, at a burst or how would you describe it? I wish I could tell you I've seen it grow, but mm -hmm. truly it really hasn't. You know, um, there are not many women in this profession. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's problematic. Uh, I, I wish that, that I could tell you that, um, you know, that there was five, you know, 10 years ago and there's 25 now. And the reality of it is it's there's very few of us in this profession. Now, and I think, you know, in reading some some previous uh, media works and, and, and uh, video clips that you've been a part of, too, you know, I, I think your idea of having representation, right, and, and having someone there, uh, th th I feel like that's so so huge this day and age, especially. But, you know, being able to see someone with your own two eyes in that position to kind of make it feel like it's possible, right? So that, I think that goes a long way. And even so, taking part in not only just these other foundations that you started, but the, the taking part in the breakthrough summit, right. That just take, took place this past December. Again, a, a premier conference celebrating uh, uh, women in sports. So maybe, maybe talk about uh, those type of events as outreach, as again, exposure and then just, just showing uh, other people that there, there is a, a realm of possibility there. Yeah. That is so important because think about it. We wouldn't need um, events like the Breakthrough Summit, um, communities like the Global Community of Women High School Sports, if our representation was there. We were if mm -hmm. we were sitting at the table, but we're not there at the table. We're not there because we're not invited. We're not there because people aren't noticing. We're not there. We're not there because people don't want us there. Um, so opportunities like the Breakthrough Summit, like the Global Community of Women High School Sports, are so important for a few reasons. First off 
for the young people that we are coaching, that we are having in our schools. They need to see women in positions of authority, whether it be the coach, the athletic director, whatever. They have to see it um, so they, they can be it. They have they have to know that, you know what, I can do this because Jen Brooks is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's so important. It's also important that we're at the table, that we have this representation because our voice, our opinion is important. You know, there are female athletes out there. We can speak for them. Uh, there's female athletic directors. You need to hear what we have to say. We bring a perspective. We bring input. We bring knowledge to the table just like the men do. Um, and it's important that we have that opportunity to speak, to be present, um, to say what needs to be said for women in high school sports. And, you know, going back to that breakthrough summit there, I believe you're on the panel uh, thriving as, as a woman in high school athletics. You know, what, what, what again, I'm sure you, you've touched on some of the talking points already there, but what was some kind of the central focus of, of your point of being on the panel? And, and what did you take away from that, that three-day event? And, and what, maybe what you felt inspired by, maybe you felt like, the, you know, what, what more work has to be done? Sitting in this seat as a female high, high school athletic director is a challenge on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, because of so many preconceived notions about myself that people have about me uh, because I am a female in the world of high school athletics. So when I have opportunities like the Breakthrough Summit to sit there amongst people that look like me, that can understand me, um, talking to people that um, are in those same situations, those are gifts, those are blessings. It's so important for young people, young athletic directors, young women, even other, even any, any woman for that matter to say, okay, you know what? I'm not alone in this. You know, people, so many people will say, Jen, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt the same way. That's so reassuring um, in a sense that to know that you're not alone in this, but it's also Mm -hmm. sad to think when I think, gosh, it's hard for other people too. So why I do things like the breakthrough summit is to make the journey in this life of a woman in sports and the high school world specifically um, to make their journey easier. I want mm-hmm. them to learn from me, um, to, to learn from my mistakes, my, my mistakes to, you know, hear um, my challenges so that they know, okay, this is normal um, and that they can lean on me if they need it. So I love the breakthrough summit. It, I, it gives me um, such energy um, and optimism. Um, and when I when I watch, you know, everyone speaking, I know I know that me in this position um, as an athletic director for 26 years, I am reassured I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other people out there. I see women like Julie Foudy um, and Becky Hammond, and I go, wow, okay, I can I can still break the glass ceiling too. They're doing it, I can do it too. So it's reassuring for me. Um, yeah, and I would even even interject uh, just just recently this week, right? The the Yankees organization promoting Rachel Balkovich, I think is how you pronounce her last name there for as their first uh, minor league low A ball manager there. So again, those uh, to kind of use that term breakthrough moments, I think have have an impact. Right, and I can't wait for the day that we don't have these breakthrough moments that it's sure. just normal that it's just mm-hmm. accept, you know expected. Hmm. And, and and another thing I thought, I, again, took it away, I believe this was a video uh, that was on Facebook Watch. I believe it was entitled Leaders, Episode 1 there. So I, I loved it. I loved the uh, the whole direction and, and the way it was shot and everything, too. So I really enjoyed it. But one of the uh, uh, comments there that really resonated with me was, you know, early on, I think it was maybe in the first opening segment there of a voiceover, you were just saying, how do you kind of present yourself to this quote-unquote 
good old boys? Do I treat myself as one of the, the guys and then that kind of sets a certain tone? Or do I come in, you know, very feminine and that sets a certain tone? Or where do you kind of find your balance as I hit my mic there? Um, but, you know, I, I found that very resonating. And I'm not sure if you've received feedback from other women in the industry that says, just like you were saying, like, I, I felt that too. Is that something that, that you've come across in, in speaking with other women in the industry? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, in fact, just as recent as this uh, last December when we were prepping for the National Athletic Directors Conference. And one of the conversations as we prep about what we're going to, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, uh, workshops we're going to attend, what our mm -hmm. daily schedule is going to look like. It also includes what are we going to wear? Mm -hmm. Because we know that if we wear certain things, we will receive, be perceived certain ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, for, for the most part, the gentlemen in our group don't have to deal with that. You know, that I stand in front of a closet every day going, do I dress up? Do I, you know, put my jewelry on? Is and is that does that make me too feminine? If I'm too feminine, people won't think I'm adequate, you know, good for my job. The gentlemen don't have those issues. And I'm sure it's on an individual basis there. But where did you find that comfort zone for yourself? And and, and maybe you know, and and how maybe how long did that take? Because again, you know, this is something that as as being someone, uh, you know, I've been in situations where I felt like an outsider. And certainly, and I think that certainly can affect other things, right? It kind of has a ripple effect, so to speak there. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the quicker you can become more comfortable in a situation, how, how did you find uh, comfort there? You know, that's just the thing. It took me a really long time to find comfort. And I don't know, you know, when I started this job, I was, when I started teaching here, I was 21 years old. So mm -hmm. I was young. So it took me a really long time to have the courage to find my voice. I think that after years of um, producing a product here at Ursuline that is good, that I finally had the courage to say, it, I don't care what people think based on how I dress. I mm -hmm. know that I am a good athletic director. So whether if I want to wear my heels today, if I want to wear my tennis shoes today, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I don't want other women to wait as long as it took me. You know, I don't want, I don't want that long period of time. So right. that's what I'm here to do right now is for women, you know, encourage them. Be you right now, today. Wear what you want. And, and it's interesting, right? You mentioned uh, starting out at 21 years old. Uh, you know, this seems to be almost uh, in, in your family blood, right? Uh, athletic directing, going back with your, with your father, I understand, who was worked in athletics and teaching and coaching for a number of years. So, I mean, was this something that you knew? you know, for a long period of time, you know, from a young age that you wanted to get into athletic directing or, or what, what brought you here? I don't think I could ever articulate in my young mind. I wanted to be an athletic director. I wanted to be in athletics, but I think subconsciously it was there for me. I saw mm -hmm. my dad was a high school football coach and he was a high school athletic director and then he was a principal and so on. I saw the impact he was having on these young people that I was like, wow, I want to do that too. Now, mm -hmm. my dad was a science teacher, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do science. That wasn't necessarily the path I wanted to do, but I saw the impact. When he had his football players over to our house for dinner, I saw that impact. When they would see him later on after they graduated and said, oh, you know, Coach Matuzak, I missed you. All this, I saw the impact. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So then I found what I was good at mm -hmm. and parlayed it into high school athletics. 
I love that. I, I love that so much there. So now, and again, kind of pulling back uh, into like that, like this greater high school athletic director landscape, you know, what, what are your, some uh, concerns facing athletic directors today? Obviously I think COVID is kind of at the forefront of everyone's mind, health and safety, but um, maybe aside from that, or if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yeah. Well, of course there's COVID, but when, but also the demands of our time and, uh, and the demands on us mm-hmm. can be exhausting. So I've learned to set boundaries. It's so important to set some boundaries, whether it's, you know, you don't answer your phone after a certain time, you don't send emails after a certain time, boundaries are important. Um, you know, parents are, 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 can be hard to, to, to work with, to please. And I, you have to understand that we're not going to please everyone. Mm-hmm. So I always tell myself, if I make, I'm, the decision I make has to be made the best interest of my student athletes. And if I'm making that decision for them in that sense, I'm good to go, whether people like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the things. The other thing is, um, you know, it, the, there's so many changing things in the world with, you know, NIL and rules and all these things. And to stay on top of everything, that can be a challenge as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and again, I, w- I would say even just on, on the heels of, of the NIL is, is uh, maybe a reinforcement of, of education-based athletics, right? Because I think it's so often now it's, you know, you are looking for the college scholarship and then maybe that's that much closer to getting, you know, that quick buck or, or I don't want to say quick buck because you, you're working towards it certainly. But, you know, the, the, the dollars that you may be working for that you may be pushed back farther if you were going for a professional career. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of education-based athletics. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. 97, 98% of our student athletes across the country have a terminal experience in high school sports. It means they'll never play a sport again after they graduate from high school. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing for this huge number of kids that aren't going to play college ball? You mm-hmm. know, and that's what education-based athletics does. It prepares them for life after school. Now, and I... I want to go back to that, that story that you were talking about with your father and how impactful that was when he would have the, the football team over for dinners and then just kind of that, that impact that the coach had on the individual student athlete or the team. Um, and, and that feels so much more direct and, and the opportunity seems so much more abundant when in, in comparison to an athletic director. Um, how do you kind of create those positive experiences or, or, or positive opportunities with student athletes maybe when they're not as, as there as often, you're not maybe in front of them as often. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges because I do love being and working with the girls, but then I find myself sitting behind this desk most of the time. So I do, I have to be really purposeful about my engagement and my involvement with our student athletes. So it's going out and purposely finding them and sitting down with them and having a conversation to make it a point to, you know, go to the practice early and just, you know, pass the ball with them. Hey, what's going on? How, you know, how are things find out what's going on in their life to Mm -hmm. connect them. Finding ways to connect is huge. The other piece that I think is important is that I involve myself here at school and things other than athletics. So I want to go to the play. I want to help out at the dance recital. I don't want people to think that I'm Jen Brooks sports minded only. You know, I, I want to go to the, all these other opportunities to support all of the kids and even the athletes that are involved in multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bottom line is just is being present, making my, you know, being present and then making those connections. Because I, I would imagine it would get tougher again with the, all the administrative responsibilities. And like you had said previously, just kind of being stretched then with with uh, the job description. But 
now it's it's not so much a stipend that, that a coach gets, right? It's it's a whole individual administrative position. So that opportunity to maybe to be the face to face with the student athletes is is probably not there as often again. So I think getting that involvement um, when, when you're not when you can't be a teacher in house, I think that's great. Um, you know, we have to because they're they're why we're doing what we're doing. They're the mm-hmm. core of our job. So we if we don't know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, then how can I make decisions for them? Right. Right. Absolutely. There. I, I love that. Now, uh, we have uh, a portion of the show here that I love. This is a little spur of the moment here. It's called uh, five questions that have nothing to do with sports. So uh, you know, I usually like to spring this on people here. So I hope you're you're physically ready. You're, you're mentally prepared. Let's do it. All right. All right. Great here. So uh, first thing in the morning, you know, how do you prefer your coffee? If, if you drink coffee at all? I'm a coffee drinker and I drink it black. Black. I like so now did that progress over time or did you just you know did the the coffee get darker as you got older yes it did, it did. <laughs> yeah that's how it becomes for me now I'm a I'm a, a classic New England person in the sense that I'll drink uh iced coffee year round it's uh five degrees right now as we're recording and I still had the iced coffee today so oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> iced coffee a little bit of skim milk that's perfect for me um now, what is, speaking of bad weather, maybe a, a good reason to get away. What is your dream vacation destination? I would say Italy. I want to eat my way through Italy. Now, I, w- I was lucky enough to uh, tag along with my wife's family once to uh, to Italy. That was uh, just a great trip. Yeah, again, eating nothing but pizza and pasta the whole way. Didn't think about the weight or anything. Just, just <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. Highly suggest it. I think Greece, Greece is on my list. I, Ooh, so yeah, I love that one. kind of Mediterranean area, but mm-hmm. so we'd love to go there. Um, if you could invite three people dead or alive to a dinner party, who would you invite? Okay. This is probably going to be a very eclectic group, but this is what I would say. I would invite uh, Pat Summit. Mm-hmm. I would invite um, Father Jack Costello. He's my priest at my parish. Okay. Um, and Adele. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That is an eclectic group there. Yes. Now, here's a bonus question. What would you serve? Oh, um, I have a brick oven pizza in my ba- and I have a brick oven in my backyard, so I'd make him my famous brick oven pizza. I love it. That sounds fantastic. Maybe uh, I'll tag along as a fourth invite there. There yeah, you go. I, More than one. I, I, I might have, uh, uh, let's see, I will do Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, I, I love, you know, hate him, I love him, I love the music. Kanye West. Uh, and let's see, let's see one more here. Uh, Tom Brady, got to have Tom Brady in there, uh, as a, as a classic new Englander and uh, chicken parm. I think everywhere I go, if I go to a good Italian restaurant, like the barometer is the chicken parm there. there right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What is your most commonly used emoji? Um, I would think it's probably the laughing face and most likely cause I'm laughing at something I said or did. Yeah, I'm I'm the laughing face emoji a lot. I also like the I think it's call me, but I, it's like the hang loose sign. You know, I kind of <laughs> like that. I use that as my thumbs up. That's a good one. Uh, what is your preferred music to work out, run, exercise, relieve stress to? Last so, one here. So this my, is yeah. So my favorite song of all right now is "This Is Me" um, by uh, Kia Settle. I think that's how you say your name from the Greatest Showman. Oh, um, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I know what song. you're talking That's about. That's like my pump up song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on my uh, phone, I have a playlist called JB Woman um, that I use. And so it's like Alicia Keys, um, Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Twist, 
or uh, Taylor, Tw Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just uh, like genre, Joan Jett. Just a oh, yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, it, might, it might surprise you. I love rap music. So I love like hardcore gangster rap music. And I think that's the <laughs> that perfect, <laughs> uh, perfect music for me to kind of work out to. And uh, yeah, need, need something with the heavy bass to it. Yeah, that's funny. So I, I love, so you su successfully survived five questions that have nothing to do with sports better than I could getting that sentence out right there. So <laughs> congratulations to you, Jen. And and thanks again for taking out the time to speak with us. Uh, but before we let you go, where can the people get in touch with you on social media or, or find out more about the uh, global community of women in high school sports? Yeah. So we have a two, uh, we have a website. So the global community of women in sports.com is where you can find the global community. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. I think it's GCWHSS. Um, also, you can learn more about me, jenbrooks.com. I'm on Twitter at jenbrooks underscore one. And great. And if you, uh, I know we were saying this before we started recording here, but this was, I believe, about a year ago or so now. Again, with COVID and everything, fast and slow with the time frame there. But uh, we had a, another article, again, on the impact of, of the global community of women in high school sports is there as well. So if you want to search our coachad.com archives, please do that as well. And, and a, a plethora of other places you've been published as well. So just type in uh, Jen Brooks into Google and you, you'll have a, a whole night's worth of uh, literature there to go over. So, uh, But if you do want to follow uh, any of our brands on Twitter, that's at coach underscore AD. Uh, at train condition at winning hoops and then myself as always at wesley sykes underscore uh, you want to be following those accounts to get a first look at who our next guest will be uh, but until then sports fans my name is wesley sykes and thank you for listening to another edition of sideline sessions and thank you jen thank you very much thank you very much